Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Underground podcast for the week of November 29, 2015. This is episode 280 and I'm Chris Bevelo, EVP at Revive Health and joining me today is... Chris Boyer, SVP at Revive Health. And it's just us two today. Yeah, a very special Thanksgiving episode. It is, Charlie Brown. It's a very special episode. <laughs> the great um, turkey will rise from the... <laughs> <laughs> from the dinner table. No, that's a different Charlie Brown, right? I think there actually is a Thanksgiving special for Charlie Brown, though. Yes, there is. I know that um, the the Halloween special is a big deal around here, and the Christmas special. We watch it every year. We have it on DVD. Mm-hmm. We have an awesome set of DVDs that include that and, like, Rudolph and The Year Without a Santa Claus, which is my favorite do you remember oh, that one? Oh yeah, I love that one. Wait, is yeah. that the one with um, Mickey Rooney in it? Or no, who's doing the voice of? Oh, the yes. year without Santa. Yeah, that is. Yeah. No, I don't know if he's Mickey Rooney. The guy who does um, the snowman in Rudolph is very famous, and I can't Burl remember. Lives. Burl Lives, right? But the year without Santa Claus has great, great music in it. It's the one that has the heat miser and the oh yes. and the freeze miser. Is that what his name is? Yes, the I'm heat miser. Cold. Freeze Meister, Ice Meister, Freeze Meister, I think. Anyway, um, great stuff. And they're very famous people too. Like the Heat Meister is they're famous actors. I can't think mm-hmm. I can't think of who they are. Mm. But anyway. So very special episode. Uh let's let's see. What kind of announcements do we have? Well, I think let's just stick with the Joe Public Retreat as our only announcement. I think speaking season is over for the year. Well, I have we, one more webinar I'm doing. Oh, on go ahead. Healthcare transparency. On the um, on the third of December for e healthcare strategy trends, talking about sort of online trends of transparency in healthcare, um, focusing around that. Um, so that we'll post a link to that. But yeah, I think that's that's it for the year. Cool, cool. Yes. And is that transparency going to talk about things like um, physician reviews and that type of thing? Physician reviews, price transparency, focusing on patient experience as well, um, you know, and, and another, and also, you know, as we as it relates a little bit to uh, insurance and the ins- and transparency around insurance costs and um, insurance coverages. I think we talked about that in previous podcasts. So, okay, yeah. All right, cool. So we do have, of course, the Joe Public Retreat, which, of course. I'm going to say, of course, five times now. In <laughs> you can always find out all the information you want at JoePublicRetreat.com. Uh, another fantastic location. We're going to be at the Inn at Palmetto Bluff in South Carolina. Uh, the dates for the retreat are February 15th through the 17th, I believe, is the specific mm-hmm. dates. Mm-hmm. No, I'm wrong. February 17th through the 19th. <clears throat> okay. So... Uh, we still have openings. Would love to have you come. Uh, as you know, if you listen to the podcast, this is something we do a couple times a year. Our last one was in September, uh, and it was a fantastic experience. So hope you guys can make it. Yeah, really hope so. Okay. 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 So let's talk about advertising and impressions, shall we? Yes, and the impressions of advertising. Our impressions of advertising impressions. Oh, I like that. Of impressions. So uh, we can use a blog post that I wrote recently um, that really stemmed from uh, kind of thinking about, I mean, first of all, let's back up. 
One of the things that I think people who have listened to our podcast for a long time probably know, and I think we've talked about it explicitly over the years, uh, is our opinion of media oppressions as a metric of success for marketing. Uh, so we don't believe they're actually a metric of success for marketing because we mm-hmm. don't believe they're an outcome. Impressions are actually an input of your marketing efforts. Uh, they're a function of how much money you spend. So mm-hmm. to me, the equivalent of saying, hey, look how successful this campaign was because we got 3 million impressions is the same as saying, hey, look how successful this campaign was because we printed 20,000 brochures. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's one foundational thing. The other thing we've talked about a lot on this podcast is the shift in social media, uh, from some media sources, uh, Facebook probably being the most notable, uh, from the, the click through cost per click through and and charging it for click throughs, uh, and charging you instead for impressions, which, uh, is literally a step backwards. Not figuratively, literally, because you can see people <laughs> stepping backwards when they do it. Um, right? I mean, it, it is ba- yeah. it's going back to the world of, of mass advertising and billboards where you have no idea what the results of those things are. So you go by impressions, which is just this fungible, horrible thing that means really nothing. I love, the word, I love the word fungible, but yes, exactly. Is it fungible uh, or fungible? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll look that one up. But um, <laughs> but no, it is fair exactly, and you know, and it's as we as we you know, um, it's it's interesting then that this is a recent trend. And I was actually having an online conversation with someone about you know measuring the amount of views of their YouTube videos, and, and they were trying to use that as a measure of success. And and you know, again, I was like. This reminds me of this is the old paradigm of uh, you know are we measuring eyeballs on on ads is that really you know where are we going is is this really what it's come to now so yeah and and that even is a qualified impression right so it depends yeah. what you mean by view if it's complete views that's one thing if it's people that ha- were exposed to the video just like we're on the landing page that's meaningless like how many people came to the landing page um, you know where a video resides is mm-hmm. completely different than how many people started the video versus finished it and all that kind of stuff. Um, at least that's something you can say, that's an action that somebody took. Impressions right. aren't necessarily an action. Impressions are typically, uh, well, online it's a little it's a little more clear, but you know, certainly in mass, mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a calculation of how many people were exposed to it based yeah. on things like in print advertising circulation. So we have a million newspaper um, subscribers in our area. Mm-hmm. And so if you put an ad in there, it's, you have a million impressions, um, which assumes that all million people read the paper that day, saw your ad, and even if they saw it, what the hell does that mean, right? So that's the background for all this. Um, one of the things that we take great, great pride in, and I think you know we can put our money where our mouth is on this and we can mm-hmm. walk the talk is that we are very agnostic when it comes to what tools and strategies and disciplines clients should use. We, we consider ourselves an integrated marketing communications firm. Um, and as I just said to a group of people internally yesterday, we are beholden to no man or woman or marketing communications discipline. Right. Uh, meaning uh, we are not an ad agency that we do advertising. We're not an ad agency, therefore, you have to, you know, we're going to push ads all day long. Or we're not a digital firm, so while we do a lot of digital work, 
uh, we're not going to push you solely into digital or we're not a PR firm that we do PR. Uh, and so therefore we're not going to, you know, it's the right. cliche of to a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yes. And yeah. so the, the blog post starts off with th- what you just mentioned, Chris, the, the, the old paradigm um, and one of the reasons why I think it's really difficult for us to move away from the old paradigm is because so many organizations still rely on ad agencies, and I'm going to pick on them, who do have a hammer, which is advertising, and to them mm-hmm. everything looks like a nail, which is advertising. So right. the problem with that is if you are relying on somebody in a way that they have an interest in pushing you to a particular discipline because that is their financial model of success, it's going to be hard for you to break away from that particular discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so advertising and advertising agencies are a great example of that because many of them have not figured out how to make money in the new world, right? Is that your right. experience too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they it's something that's very familiar with them and it's something that's easy to measure and quantify. I think, and so from their perspective, and it does, I mean, cynically, it does relate to, you know, you pay to play. How much you pay generates, you know, better results in what you do. Well, results, well, let's qualify From an impression perspective. (laughs) That's right. Where this this gets insidious to me is, circling back to the original conversation, if you are using impressions as an ultimate guide to success. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you are working with an agency where the more impressions you drive, the more money they make, what do we think is going to happen there? And we see this with clients. We see this organizations where it's almost like the fox guarding the hen house. Right. Uh, and it's just something you have to watch out for. And so the, the blog post is really about, you know, the, the title of it or the, the intent of it is that old who song, um, meet the the old, the new boss, same as the old boss. The old boss are ad agencies that are you know basically mm-hmm. lock you into this cycle of mass advertising because they've you know you as a client or they have identified impressions as a important metric, and therefore the more money you spend on advertising, the better your results, which mm-hmm. just sounds crazy. The new boss, though. Uh, and this is, comes from, I think, Chris, your and I's experience over the last few months, being right. at a lot of conferences, speaking at them, attending mm-hmm. them. Uh, the new boss really is the data-driven digital firms. Uh, and the fear is that we might move from the old boss to the new boss, uh, but be in the same boat. Uh, and the reason I fear that is because I see a future in marketing, and I think this isn't a bad future, where data drives so much of what we do. Analytics drive so much what we do, and really, that mm-hmm. makes it sound like you know I'm I've just transported to 1982, and I'm talking in the future. When you're talking about hospitals and health systems, that is not the case today, right? Uh, and so, obviously, this is still somewhat in the future. Mm-hmm. And as we move there, as we move to a place where um, data-driven approaches and digital approaches become the dominant form of how we market, we risk falling into the same trap where we will be defined by metrics that are um, self-supporting of those that are suggesting them. Does that make sense? It does make a lot of sense. And, you know, I mean, and a, and a clear example of that is like, we, we have talked about this, like even the, the platforms of advertising like Facebook, 
um, you know, as we talk about that, they're focusing on Facebook now owns Instagram and all these other social platforms. They're focusing on impressions as sort of their lead driver of, of uh, advertising success, right? So the platforms, the tools, the technology in the future, we have to be very wary that they don't fall into this old, this, this impression-based approach of, 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 sh- of showing quote-unquote success of their, of their activity. Um, you know, data becomes very powerful to an organization if it's, if it's really telling the larger story of, of what you're trying to accomplish. But, you know, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've run CRM reports in my past where it just shows, well, we sent out, you know, a newsletter to this many people. And it doesn't really show, you know, it doesn't really spend a lot of time focusing on the downstream, downstream implications of that action. And to me, that's like, again, we're back to impression-based um, measurement. It's very scary. We have to be careful of that in the future. Yeah, for sure. And I think it even goes further. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you're exactly right in, in how impressions could come to rule the digital world, too. Right. Um, but the other side of it is it, it's not, it doesn't really matter what the metric is. You have to be careful if, you're, if your partner that you're working with as a client has a self interest in the metrics that you are or they are proposing as the dominant form of measurement for you mm-hmm. so if it is a it doesn't matter who it is right if it's a if your dominant partner is a pr firm and they mm-hmm. are saying ad equivalency is your ultimate metric well then you're going to continue to spend money on pr because you're going to drive you know what gets measured right. gets done is the point mm-hmm. of this and so Simply shift. I mean, first of all, I say in the blog post, if we, if, if at the worst we shift from uh, mass advertising impressions and being dependent on that because we're dependent on ad agencies to mm-hmm. being dependent on data-driven marketing because we're dependent on data-driven marketing agencies, well, mm-hmm. that's not a that's not a horrible thing. That's still right. a positive thing. But right. we still need to be sure that we're thinking about things in an agnostic way. And th- maybe that sounds self-serving, like. Okay, well, what's what's the pot calling the kettle black? We're suggesting that clients should be agnostic. We consider ourselves agnostic, um, but I think inherent in that is if you're agnostic, there is nothing self-serving about what you're doing. You're right. simply trying to find the best solution. And so the, the the message is, as we move to a more data-driven digital world, and we become more reliant on data-driven digital firms, mm-hmm. uh, we just need to be careful that we don't get caught in the same track. Right, exactly. Because exactly. the name of that Who song, by the way, mm-hmm. is what? Meet the new boss, no. same as the old boss. That's the quote, but what's the name of the, the song? Do you remember? Oh, oh, wait, the song. Won't get fooled Won't again. Won't get fooled again, right. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's perfect, right? right so exactly. anyway, um, just, something to, th- just yeah. something to think about, and we see it so often uh, when we're out and about talking to people. And I think it's, um, I think there's a little bit of a, um, I think it's not like it's news. I don't think that we're saying something that people don't realize in terms of clients. And I think it's something that clients kind of just sigh and go, you know, I just, you know, I know that's part of how I have to, to do this, but I don't know that it is. I don't know that you just have to accept that. There's nothing wrong with ad agencies and, and smart ad, ad agencies, um, also commit things from an agnostic standpoint. Uh, right, right. But but you just have to be careful and make sure that that's mm-hmm. what you're dealing with. So Exactly. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I think you, you did a really... 
you had a really good quote in there. Um, the medium should never drive the strategy, right? Um, and I really like that. You know, that that kind of that is really what it's about here. What's your what's your challenge, and what are the best strategies to address that challenge? Um, and that's really what's gotta you know you gotta you gotta focus that. And I I love that. So yeah. Yep. Anyway. Okay. Great blog post. Thank you, sir. Good um, job. One more thing, and then we'll get to this, the very special uh-huh. part of our episode. Uh, <laughs> there was an article passed along by um, Adam, actually, our old friend yeah. Adam Meyer. Uh, and it's, it is, we'll provide a link to it. I'm trying to figure out where the heck it's even, where this blog post even comes from. Idle, idle words. words. <laughs> which I don't know what idle words is. It looks like some kind of blog. It's, well, I got that, but I mean, like, I don't know, like, who's behind it or whatever. Um, so take that with a grain of salt, right? We don't know who these people are. But the post is called The Advertising Bubble, and I think it's it does a really good job of kind of, like, lifting the conversation above all the detail and nuance and blah, 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 blah that goes on about particularly mm-hmm. digital advertising and kind of breaking it down in a way that says, look um, – we have all of these companies, Google, Facebook, Instagram, whoever, that have a basically their entire business model is based on advertising. Uh, and we know Google and Facebook are really successful with that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have other firms that are coming in and they're trying to replicate the model. And yep. his point is essentially the way you know economics work and capitalism works is that most of these places are supported take Twitter, I think is a good example, by investors. Mm-hmm. Yes. So their money is really coming from investors. And investors expect to reap benefits from their investment at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is the only way to reap that benefit is by increasing the advertising. And yes. his point is that's almost impossible at this stage. I think that's his main point. Like. It's already intrusive. It's already too much. Consumers don't want any more. So what's going to happen? Uh, and his point is like Facebook, Yahoo, and Google, they all are making money. Um, investors want to make money too on these other things. And something's got to give. Either the investors are going to pull out the rug and say, we're not, you know, we're not going to give money to this anymore because we're not getting any returns. Or the advertisers are going to inundate us with more advertising because that's the only way to bring returns. Um, one of those two things is going to happen and his thought is it ain't going to be more advertising because people won't tolerate it which means the money goes away which means the bubble collapses does that make sense yeah it completely makes sense i mean uh, it's it's just like any other thing in, in in economy when i never really thought about advertising in this way but when we, um, you know, everything else, like the, the real estate bubble, the, the high-tech bubble, these are, these are classic trends. And I do see, as, as, after reading this, I, I kind of reviewed this and I thought, yeah, there's only so much more that we can actually pump into this system before something's going to break. Um, and we're already starting to see that. The lack of efficacy is starting to kind of permeate through mm-hmm. even online advertising. You know, I'm noticing that, you know, that that slow upward trends and we're putting more advertising into Google AdWords. Um, even remember that's cost per click, right? We would think that that's like, that's controlled by the market, right? What the market, the market is the great force unifier here, but no, even cost per clicks are starting to go on the increase just slightly 
across the board. And that to me is like, whoa, wait a second. This speaks to me like this. This could be a future where, yeah, the system's going to break down at a certain point because there's only so much you can do. Right. And and he makes a really good point. He, he has a lot of humor in this. I think he's from Australia. He uses a kangaroo yeah. um, to represent the consumer. And his point is like, look, consumers you start with really simple. Consumers want to buy something. Okay. Uh, and we, as part of that, as part of helping sell whatever product it is, um, producers create advertising. And that advertising increases the cost of the product. So he calls it essentially like it's a consumption tax. So as consumers, we all are okay with paying a little bit out of the price of whatever product we're offer, uh, mm-hmm. after because you know for advertising because that's just part of how it works, right? And so right. when I talk about how consumers just won't take it anymore, it's not right. just like I can't deal with more ads on my phone. It's I can't or won't support increases in the cost of goods and services to fund more advertising. Yet that's what's going to be required for investors who are supporting these platforms to make their profit, which is why they're in that, right? And so at some point, something has to give. Again, it's either consumers being okay with a flood of ads and being okay actually paying more um, in the goods and services that they, they access for that advertising so that the investors can take their money out or investors are just gonna say, screw this, this model doesn't work. And, and then, then we'll what have on, Then we'll have online socialism. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. Or chaos or anarchy. Yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, exactly. Then what will happen? And I mean, he, it, it, this article is, is great, by the way. I love he uses the Monopoly Man as a, a symbol <laughs> of the investors. Um, uh, he, he, he actually put forth a couple of ideas. Uh, or is to, he said it's to reduce the number of entities in the swamp, reduce the, the amount of people that are in the play, right? Right. Um, and then he says, and find a way back to the status quo, preferably through onerous regulation. And I think that's also the link that he sent to is actually an, um, another article that he put he has. But um, yeah, he's he's uh, he certainly is. After reading this article, it's, it's like kind of had I had one of those mind blown moments for a moment. I was like, wait a second. You know, this could really be a, a, a dramatic change in what in, in how we do things in the future. Yep. So. Yep. And yeah, so he says, I'll just read this, then we can. Yeah. It just does a good job. Um, let's see. The only way to make the arrows balance, who's so got a diagram, the only way to make yeah. this all work is to either divert more of each consumer dollar into advertising so that investors get their money or persuade people to buy more stuff. I doubt whether either option is viable. Compare the number of ads you see in a given day to the number of purchases you make. And consider the indirect maziness of modern advertising with this brand awareness campaigns and social media influencers. There's not a lot of milk left in the cow. Investors are herd animals when they bolt the ad tech swamp will drain and who knows what hideous monstrosities will be left flopping on its muddy bottom. The problem is not that these companies will fail, may they all die in agony, but that the survivors will take desperate measures to stay alive as the failure spiral tightens. These companies may have been, these companies have been collecting and trafficking in our most personal data for many years. It's going to get ugly. So anyway, it's, it's, it's a really interesting proposition. Um, the, the truth of it is I've read things like this, um, before. Mm -hmm. In fact, I have a book called the brand bubble Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a, half the book is awesome and half the book is crap. And the, and the crap part of it is where they try to explain why there's a brand bubble. 
And what they mean by that is the stock market, I don't even know the numbers they quote, but the, stock, the valuation of public companies, a huge chunk of it is based on their brands, which is true. But they make the accusation that um, the expected return on the value of these companies is never going to get to where it needs to be, which means there will be a correction, right. which means the value of brands going to go down, um, disaster chaos, you know, kind of like this guy's talking about. That part of it is there's I just tore I've got notes all over the place like that doesn't make sense. That's wrong. That's wrong. The second half of the book, basically, they do that. Mm -hmm. Um to set up the second half of the book, which is why you really need to think about brand and build it in a strong way, uh, which I agree with. And they've got some good ideas in that. So, so these bubble things are interesting to consider. Um, right. But I think he does a good job of laying out an argument. You don't have to believe it, but um, right. it'll be interesting to see. And just in time for Black Friday and the massive online and, and retail chaos that we're going to face in the next couple of weeks here. This is true. You know? Yes. Because they're trying everything, you know, that's out there. But anyway, um, but yeah, so good article. We'll link to that too. I think that's um, definitely an interesting read and worthy of a topic over the Thanksgiving dinner table. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go well. Okay. So <laughs> speaking of that, by the way, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up with things that we're thankful for. I'm going to say yeah. I'm thankful for, um, well, this is our very, this is the very special part of our episode. Um, well, we're going to, Chris and I are going to share what we're thankful for. But one of the things that I'll say I'm thankful for is Saturday Night Live, which sometimes is not funny, but sometimes it's just like dead on. Did you see the, the yesterday or this week's episode? I did with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Super mm -hmm. good from top to bottom. But there's a digital short, which is a kind of a how to, how to deal with Thanksgiving dinner yes. with Adele, <laughs> which I have watched on my own. Um, probably four or five times. And the yes. reason I do it is because I hate all the discord that's going on and it's only getting worse in the world, whether it's Syrian refugees or black lives matter. There's just a lot of bad, difficult things going on. Um, yeah. And it seems to get worse every day. Right. I mean, here in Minneapolis, was it yesterday? Mm -hmm. Yesterday or two days ago, I can't remember which it was, was on the same day, Turkey shoots down a Russian airplane which right. is like, oh my gosh, is that going to ignite mm -hmm. something? And at a Black Lives peaceful protest in Minneapolis, five people get shot by white supremacists. So you read that stuff, you just want to curl up in a ball. And then you also yeah. like know, I don't know about your family, but I know my family when we get together, we're not all aligned politically. And uh -huh. this year we're having my wife's family come in and they're not all aligned politically. And we have some strong views on both sides. <laughs> and so this this digital short is basically showing a family coming together and they start launching into arguments about um, like the one woman, Aunt Kathy's like, well, I saw an ISIS at the A&P and, you know, like she calls she calls ISIS like an ISIS and the other person's mm -hmm. like, no, Aunt Kathy, that was an Asian woman. And and then so they go mm -hmm. back and forth and the kid in the video pushes a, a CD player and it starts playing Adele's Hello and they all just stop what they're doing and start singing and becoming loving and all that stuff. Right. And so it's very funny, but it also brings me like joy in a time of <laughs> yeah. stress and strife because I feel like, right. yes, that makes me feel good. Thank you. So I'm thankful for Saturday Night Live for putting that. And we're going to show it to you. We have 19 people for dinner on Thanksgiving tomorrow. And we're going <laughs> to play it for the whole family before we sit nice. down. 
Yeah. Nice. I hope you downloaded the Adele album too, just in case you need to use it. That's right. <laughs> to actually put it into play. Exactly. Okay. So that's that's a big one for me, Chris. Well, so for me, I mean, I, I you know, I, I could go serious and say thankful for my family and thankful for my friends and sure. and everything. But I, I but I'm going to also keep it kind of light, lighter like you because I agree it's been kind of a very it's been fr- uh, a very challenging, you know, couple of months. Um, with what's going on in the world and very, very depressing. But um, for me, I have uh, one thing that I've been really thankful for is um, Amazon Prime. And not because of <laughs> shopping, not because of shopping, but because they actually put out very good, um, very good programming. Like Are you watching video- A Man in the High Castle? Yeah, A Man in the High Castle is the particular show right now that I'm, I'm kind of getting into. Um, I've watched a number of different shows through through that service, and uh, um, you know, there's they just released Z, which is based on Zelda Fitzgerald's mm-hmm. fa- f- uh, you know fake autobiography. Um, they had a, a very funny um, uh, a, a comedy show. It was like a sort of '80s comedy show. I forgot the name of it, but I mean, I think all of these shows. First of all, they, they it, it just shows that there is really good high quality work that's going on, and I know you could say that for all the other streaming services and all that and hbo is starting to lose a little bit of its luster but you know it still is pretty strong um but just the mere fact that you know when when things get tough and you really need to just kind of tune in and turn out but you also are faced with things that are really um you know substance substantive so the man in the high castle is one that shows you know what it would be like if the world was if we didn't if we lost world war ii and the nazis and and uh, Japan, you know, were in, were in control. The World War II Nazis in Japan, you know, um, and Japan, um, and Japanese imperialists. But to me, it, it also is kind of like, it kind of, uh, not that I know it's fake and I know it's based on nothing real, but to me, it's sort of like, it gives me perspective that we, you know, we go through a lot and there are a lot of things, but there, this is a very human nature to kind of go through conflict like we are right now and, um, it's nice to a get some perspective on that, even if it's yeah. sci-fi, and secondly, um, to have some like you know release from that, so you don't you don't have to be watching you know always what's happening in Paris or Brussels or you know over the, over Syrian skies or Turkey or all the other bad stuff that's out there. Yeah. So Amazon Prime, their original videos. There you go. All right. Well, I'll do. We're running out of time here, so I'm gonna. Yes. Do one, I'll do one more, and I'll give you a chance to do one more quick one. Okay. Um, okay. So, first of all, yes, of course, I want to thank and be thankful for all my friends and family and kids and my wife and everything, and and thankful for what I have and, and all of that. I think that's, you know, always a good time of year to remember that. I want to give a shout out to some people at our agency who are. I'm gonna say. Um, uncelebrated because they're usually behind the scenes. Uh, And some of these people you may know if you work with us, um, but doubtful because they're behind the scenes. Uh, People like Dana Weymouth, who's on this podcast all the time, who does Mm -hmm. so much to support what we do. Uh, Travis Green, same thing. Uh, Our whole marketing team, right? Christy Goad, Jessica Blackburn, Katie Clark, those folks, Mm Uh, are supporting us and doing all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and y- folks who listen to this podcast or hear us speak or who work with us, you know, you might experience those things, but you don't know kind of what's behind it. 
uh, Luke Farkas. I'm just going through, like, I'm trying to give shout-outs to people that, you know, aren't client-facing, aren't outward-facing. Mark McCown in accounting. Right. Um, I'm going to forget Jackie, people. Jackie Olson. Jackie Olson. Well, people here know Jackie really well. But, yeah, for people that are new who have never mm-hmm. met Jackie or know what she does, she's behind the scenes, right? David Walker. Um, who else? Who am I missing? Who wouldn't be and all um, the people that are client facing? I'm sorry, we're not intentionally leaving you out. We, we right. work with great people. Let's just put it that way. And Absolutely. There's a lot of stuff, you know. In an agency, we have all kinds of disagreements and that kind of stuff. But it is like a family, right? And it's like yeah. when you're sitting around a table and you're having political arguments, but still at the end of the day, you're a family. And it's Thanksgiving, so let's be thankful for all of those great people we work with. And everybody listening to this probably has their own list. Of people like right that. well and keith manza don't forget him and uh, what about yep. our biggest fan uh phil stone phil stone right podcast right? biggest fan so yeah anyway shout so. out to all of them shout out to the people we didn't mention too because that's too long of a list um right but, but all of them are really cool people we're really fortunate i think mm-hmm. to be able to work at a place like that so and for me, one last shout out to all the baristas at uh, Spy House uh, Spy House Coffee, where I get my coffee on the weekends. And are you angling like for free coffee for a year? Or something? <laughs> exactly, like they're Jeez. listening. We're supposed to be coffee agnostic, Boyer. Oh, that's right, we're coffee agnostic. agnostic. Now you're going to have to give shout outs to every coffee house in Minneapolis. And Dunn Brothers and Caribou, but not those evil people at Starbucks. This is an enormous issue this is a stark issue you've just raised here you cannot promote one coffee shop without promoting them all equally and i know you're being sarcastic when you said the evil people at starbucks you just yes you went political on us there well i thought you know i mean yes (laughs) (laughs) because they didn't put snowflakes on their cups this year damn them (laughs) all right anyway we better leave it there yes we're getting in trouble all right so uh happy thanksgiving to you mr boyer Happy Thanksgiving to you, Chris. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there for the Healthcare Marketing Underground. This is Chris Bevelo. And Chris Boyer. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in December. Bye. Double, double.